Welcome to Rebel Radio, the place to be for emerging entrepreneurs who are hungry for impact and doing business their own way. I'm Cindy Van Arnhem, your rebellious leader for the healers and coaches willing to do what it takes to unlock their limitless potential through the power of self-mastery. The key to claiming your potential, trusting your wisdom, and creating infinite possibility in your world. Hello, hello. I am so excited for today's conversation with Christine, who is a financial lifeguard and is really here to talk to us today about money and how self-mastery and money go hand in hand. Welcome, Christine. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to dive into the conversation today because as many know, I am a wealth activator. The conversation around money is really important to me, especially in the coaching industry, the online business industry, because so many people who are out to serve and be of service think that they need to give their gifts away mm -hmm. and not put food <laughs> on their table. So I really want to dive into that conversation, but before we get there, Tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey of self-mastery. Yes. Well, so I didn't become a financial coach because I did everything perfect. In <laughs> fact, it was quite the opposite. So in my late 20s, I crashed and burned financially despite having an accounting degree. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was a, a good part of the problem was I was dating a guy who had terrible money habits. He was in and out of jobs, in and out of jail, thought if I just loved him enough that he would change. And he did. He got worse. So <laughs> after being in that relationship for seven years, thankfully, I left before the wedding happened. So I call it my almost divorce because we almost got married. Um, I literally had no money to leave the relationship. Mm. So that landed me back at my parents' house, which of course, you know, like once you've left the house and you boomerang back, that feels like the end of the world. Um, but I was also working as the staff accountant for my family's business. So mm -hmm. here I was helping to prepare the budget for this multi-million dollar machine tool company. And yet I was bouncing my own checks at home. I mean, I owed payday mm. lenders money. I was parking my car a, a half a mile away from where I'd live so they wouldn't come tow it. I jokingly say if it's possible to have a negative credit score, I probably did. Mm. Um, and so there was a very high level of shame and embarrassment around the mess that I had gotten myself into. And I think even more so because I was someone who should have known better. Right. And so what I learned, you know, of course, when we go through those things, we think it's the end of the world, right? You know, we think like I have completely effed everything up. You know, there, there's no coming back from this. You know, this is going to be like my scarlet letter. <laughs> but what, what I learned in going through this is that money is emotional. And the more I started to dive into the subject and you know, obviously not having a grown man child dependent on you anymore. You know, your finances get better uh, pretty quickly. Um, and, and and thankfully, when I met my husband, I, I jokingly say, like, if you've dated somebody like that, all of a sudden, like, fiscal responsibility come, becomes really, really sexy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you're, like, you're like, oh, you're maxing out your 401k. That is <laughs> so hot. <laughs> so sexy right now. So sexy right now. Um, <laughs> 
But, you know, as I started to help people with their finances and, you know, read the different stuff about personal finance that was out there, as my journey evolved and I started to get into coaching, I realized that there was a really big shortfall in some of those traditional approaches like the Dave Ramsey and the Susie Orman um, because they weren't talking about the emotional side of money. They yes. weren't really talking about the psychology of money. They were just basically saying like, hey, if you don't like your financial results, then you need to change your actions and let me give you this punch list of things to do. Right. And the problem is, you know, people can make themselves do those things to a point with willpower. But then all of a sudden, an emotional trigger happens, right? And then they get pulled back into a pattern. And then they say, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me that I can't do this? And I tell people, that's the wrong question. The right question to ask is what happened to me? What happened to me in my past that is causing me to interact with my money in this way. Mm. So what I really love to do is to bring together the mindset and, you know, learning about the subconscious mind and the power of it, uh, you know, like all the woo-woo stuff, right? <laughs> with the practical. So right. like when I'm working one-on-one -on -one with my clients, we uncover all of these emotional triggers and we figure out like what is going on down there in their subconscious mind. But yet it's like, okay, what are the practical actions that we actually need to take? And so just as a quick example, I have five different ways that people can accelerate debt payoff and it's based off of what's most emotionally motivating to them. Mm, I love Not that. Tying the like, two together. Yeah. So it's not like, oh, how much interest are you going to save? Or and, and for some people, that might be most emotionally motivating. Yes. Um, but for some people, it's not. And yeah. I think people are relieved to know if they haven't figured out how to win with money yet, that there literally is nothing wrong with them. They just don't yes. have the revelation that they need to overcome those emotional triggers. Oh, such gold in that story. There's so many things <laughs> that I want to talk about now. The first thing is I think that a lot of people have this belief or concept that money is evil, that money only belongs to people that, you know, will do anything to get it. There's this big misconception about money. And one of the things that you said in that story, if you had have had the financial means to get out of that relationship, you would have been able to take your power back and not go through what you went through of having to move back to your parents and all of those pieces. Money is empowering. Money yeah. gives us the ability to do things that we need to do. So that was the first thing that stood out to me. There's yeah. a lot. <laughs> the second one that stood out to me, which I want to dive down the rabbit hole, is okay. this concept of what we can, what some people consider woo-woo here at Rebel Radio, it is science. Right. And the <laughs> science, the woo-woo, the subconscious, that self-mastery, the emotional piece tied together with the practical piece. Because we can, you know, do all the subconscious work, work on the emotions, work on the mindset. But if we're not actually taking action after right. that, then we just end up flailing too. We need to bridge the gap between the two of those. So that was stood out to me. Thank you for sharing that. We need yes. to have the practical with the emotional. Absolutely. Yes. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So who are you most motivated to serve? 
So I would say like my number one favorite client to serve is divorcing women. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's strictly because of my past, you know, because of my almost divorce, it was, it was a very dysfunctional relationship. There, mm -hmm. there was substance abuse, there was emotional manipulation, there was codependency on top of all the money stuff. And, you know, I see a lot of women coming out of divorce and, you know, it's like they want to feel competent relative mm -hmm. to their personal finances and they, and they want to feel confident. And it's very interesting because a lot of times they're more competent, meaning that they can actually, they actually have the skills to do what needs right. to be done. But a lot of times it's the confidence that's lacking. Yeah. And it may be that, you know, their ex-husband, you know, told them, well, you're no good with money. I'm just going to handle this. Or, you know, they were controlling and they scrutinized every penny that they spent unless it was groceries. And so those kinds of things, you know, become internalized. And that person thinks, I'm no good at money. I can't do this by myself. Um, you know, that whole thing of there's something wrong with mm -hmm. me. And so the work that I do, especially with these clients, it, it's pretty deep. I mean, most of them say to me, they're like, you're, you're like my therapist and my money manager at the same time. And it's like, well, I mean, my, my official title is certified financial counselor. And right. so it really is the bringing of those two things together because money touches every area of our life. Mm -hmm. And, and that's, that's the danger of saying things like money is the root of all evil. Like we wouldn't say that about sunshine, right? We wouldn't right? say that about oxygen. You know, we wouldn't say that about water. It's like, we need these things to survive and to thrive mm -hmm. in, in society. In world, yeah. Yeah. So it's, um, it's very interesting for sure. Absolutely. And that, it, I mean, it brings it back. There's so many people that talk to me about money and there's so much shame and so much guilt and so much negative perceived negativity around money. Right. Whereas if we can shift our perspective and look at how it can support us, then right. we can start to heal some of that shame and guilt. I mean, I have made a lot of money mistakes in my life, let me tell you. <laughs> and there's been a lot of forgiveness that's had to happen because of that i don't know how many times i went to the bank of mom because i needed to pay for something mm -hmm. and so having to heal just that alone of that i couldn't do it on my own i had to ask mom for support there was a lot of shame around that and right. if we continue to carry that shame forward it's really hard to bring the money into your experience exactly and that's what i talk about a lot about is the the money shame cycle and it's like okay how do we break out of that that money shame cycle and transition people to lasting financial dignity um and so what typically happens is like you make a mistake you feel bad about it and when when you take that from you know i feel guilty that i did this or i feel remorseful that i did this you know that's not necessarily a bad thing because you're acknowledging that you made a mistake, right? Mm -hmm. But when you turn that into shame, you've taken that from I did a bad thing to I'm a bad person. Yeah. And so when you do that, that makes you want to hide, right? And so 
then you don't get the help that you need, right? You don't mm -hmm. seek the knowledge that you need. You don't seek help from an outside person. And then of course, what happens? You make another money mistake. Mm -hmm. And so that cycle, you know, continues to go, you know, spiraling downwards. And, you know, there, there's some issues in the financial services world for sure, because there are a lot, uh, unfortunately, there have been a lot of financial professionals, you know, whether they're financial planners, CPAs, et cetera, um, who talk down to people, especially women, um, relative to, you know, them, you know, spending emotionally or, you know, just because they have that lack of knowledge. Um, and so they may feel like, or they may have had a, an experience of reaching out for help and mm -hmm. that person basically throwing it back in their face and saying, Oh my God, I can't believe you did this. <laughs> Not helpful. Not helpful at all. And so I always tell people like, if, if you come to me for help, like I am never going to judge you. Mm -hmm. Right. And you're never going to be on the receiving end of that from me. Yeah. And you know, that, that is part of my mission is actually helping to train other financial professionals so that they can understand the emotional side of money rather than saying, why aren't my clients doing what I tell them to do? Like, right. you know, are they either too dumb or they just are being obstinate. Well, it's neither. <laughs> it's emotional. Exactly. Right. But I think a lot of the like CPAs and of that industry they don't understand that it is emotional. And so it's just follow the steps, do the things. And why can't you just do the things? There is nothing wrong with you. Right. Yeah. No. And, and I am seeing positive changes there, especially Good. with the younger generation that's coming in mm -hmm. uh, to these professions. There's a lot more women. There's a lot more minorities. It's, it's less, you know, the old white guy telling you what to do like your dad. Um, and, and there have been some great strides in behavioral finance. And I think there are financial professionals who do get it mm -hmm. um, and who are saying, okay, this is important for me to understand. And I always encourage my clients to choose somebody like that who is going to help them with their investments or their taxes or whoever, who has that perspective and has that type of training. Absolutely. My accountant has heard me cry. So there we go. <laughs> so self-mastery is this term that gets thrown around a lot. And it's to me, it's like the definition of success. Nobody really knows the specific definition of it. Right. So what does self-mastery mean to you, especially when it comes to money? Yeah, well, you know, one of my goals for people is really just, you know, to wake up every morning feeling good about their personal finances. You know, they're not plagued by worry. Um, you know, it's really about having a simple system to manage your money day to day that doesn't have to take a ton of time, but it does take a little bit of time. And it's really, you know, if we think about your health, right? You have to put some effort into your health every day, every week, every month. You know, you have to have self-care. You, you have to work out. You know, you can't just eat a bunch of crap. But and I can't just eat wild. McDonald's every day. <laughs> yeah. Right. But sure. at the same time, you, you know, you don't have to spend three hours at the gym either. You know, I mean, I'm somebody, I, I eat healthy probably 85% of the time. Mm -hmm. I, I work out only for about 30 minutes almost every day. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that's not really that hard, you guys, right? It, it doesn't, I, we, we build it up in our heads to make it so much harder than it actually 
needs mm-hmm. to be. And so it's really about like creating those healthy rhythms of interacting with your money on, and, and I advocate a weekly basis. You know, obviously there's, there's certain things that you're going to be doing daily as you're spending and earning money. Um, but with all my clients, we set up a weekly date with money. I love that. Cause I do that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I tell people, you know, it doesn't have to be on a Friday night with a glass of wine, but it could be. It could be. Right. And it only needs to take about 20 minutes, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's just pay your bills, check your accounts, see where you are versus, you know, your plan, mm-hmm. you know, have those discussions with your significant other if you need to, if there's something out of the ordinary. But, you know, I, it takes me less than an hour to do both my business and my personal. Yeah. And it's like, we can make it an enjoyable time. You know, Absolutely. we can, you know, we can, uh, you know, light the scented candle or, you know, have the essential oils going and, and the relaxing music. It's like, you know, you don't, you don't have to go down into the basement and do your bills at a card table with a bare bulb hanging from the ceiling. Like, it's not a very what? fun day. Like, let's make this day good, right? <laughs> yes, but it's like people just like make it so much harder and more complicated mm-hmm. than it needs to be. And yeah. it just ends up stressing them out and especially entrepreneurs, especially those who are artistic, right? You know, for people who have said like, well, I'm not a super organized person. I'm not a numbers person. One of my good friends is an artist and um, she was telling me that it took her like four days to get her stuff ready to give to her CPA to do taxes. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, why is it taking you four days? And I said, well, tell me what you're doing. And she said, well, of course, she was like, oh, God, not I can tell you. <laughs> so she said, I have this shoebox that I keep on my desk. The and, proverbial uh, shoebox. And she said, I put my receipts in the shoebox. And when it starts to get full, I get stressed out. So I dump the receipts into a trash bag that I keep in my closet. And then oh, when tax time rolled around, she said, I empty the garbage bag on my living room floor and I sort through everything. And I was like, oh, my God. That's so painful. <laughs> and I said, I am going to give you three and a half days of your life back every year with this one tip. And she's like, I am all ears. And I said, all you need to do, I said, go to Staples buy 12 file folders. I said, if you want to buy them in bright or pretty colors, go for it. Write the name of each month on top. As you get, as you have receipts for your business, put them in that file folder. When your bank statement comes in, put it in that file folder. I was like, you are done. That is it. She called me the next year and was like, oh my God, I love you so much. It's just we some of us don't think of these things, right? And I, I know like I never used to pay attention to my finances and my finances were a mess. But there here's some of the energetics of money. And this yes. is why I'm so passionate about teaching this is when you start paying attention to your money and you start giving it the respect and you are willing to let your money show up for you, it starts showing up. It's weird. It's just like with your significant other. If you give him attention and feed him, he's going to pay attention to you. 
Exactly. <laughs> He's actually going to want to hang around you. Shocking. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But it's like, I, I feel like people like work things up in their head so much, like mm -hmm. that managing their money is going to be so hard. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, look, there's all kinds of tools out there that take all the hard out of it. You know, yes. there, there's a ton of different apps that'll help you track your spending. Um, you know, when I'm working one-on-one -on -one with clients, I literally go in and set it up for them. Mm -hmm. I'm like, we are taking away all the excuses. Right. right. Yeah. Um, and, and I think part of the issue here is that society hasn't taught us how to do this. I no. didn't learn in school how to manage my finances. It's not a skill that's taught. And so unless your parents were really good at it, then you probably didn't learn those skills along the way. So it's not your fault. Right. But you do have to take responsibility for it now. Right. Well, it's like sex. You know, we don't talk about sex, but you're expected to be good at it. From the and, very beginning. Right. Even though nobody tells you what to do and you're just like, you know, it's the same what thing. With money, right. <laughs> I've never heard that reference before. I love it. I mean, but it really is. Right. But yeah. I mean, here's the weird thing. Like we're more comfortable talking about sex than we are about money. Right. Right. Because, yeah. you know, with your close girlfriends, you might be like, hey, I got to ask you some weird questions. <laughs> right. <laughs> But most people aren't going to ask their friends about money. Like, well, how much oh. are you making? Or like, how much did you Well, that's so taboo. You don't talk about how much money you make. Mm -mm. I know. I know. Well, and I tell people, we have to, we have to talk about it. It's good for women to talk about it because then we know if we're being paid fairly, right? Yeah. Having that transparency helps to pull down those glass ceilings. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think if we're just all more open about it in general, yes. it'll tear down the glass ceilings, but it will also tear down the shame and the guilt and the story that's been carried around money for centuries. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. So what is one thing that you've learned about yourself along your journey that you would love to share with our listeners? Oh, that I've learned about myself. Well, I I think, and you alluded to it earlier, I am harder on myself than anybody else's. Mm. And exercising self-forgiveness was one of the greatest gifts that I gave myself. And so when I was writing my book, Money is Emotional, Prevent Your Heart from Hijacking Your Wallet, I, I go in depth with my story of you know, a lot of the financial mistakes that I made. And I found myself getting really emotional as I was writing the book. So I called my mom and I'm like, this is really weird. Like, I feel like I've been like PMSing for like two months writing this book. And she's like, oh, who thought writing a book called Money is Emotional could be so emotional? And I was like, uh, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Damn it. And, and at first, at first I thought that I was still mad at my ex. Right. Because like as I was like reliving some of these lessons, I was like, oh, like if that hadn't happened, like guess how much money I would have had now. Right. If I hadn't right. done that dumb thing. But then I realized that that wasn't it. it. It was I had not forgiven my younger self because every time I was telling those stories afterwards, I would feel this twinge of. God, you're so stupid. Like, why did mm. you do that? You know? And so in the book, I actually include the letter of forgiveness to myself. And I mean, it was extremely powerful. And basically I wrote it as if my younger self was my younger sister. 
mm-hmm. and, and just saying like, you know, I understand that you were what you were going through and why you did some of these things that you did. And like the good news is God, the universe has not wasted your pain, right? Now you're actually using all this stuff that you have gone through to help other people so that they don't have to go through this. And I've had, I've had people like call and email me and said like, I just read your letter of forgiveness to yourself and I'm totally bawling over here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Forgiveness letters are so powerful. And when they can be witnessed by others, I can, I find that they have incredible power behind them. That's I love that you shared that. Thank you. Yes. So good. (laughs) So With everything that's going on in the world right now, perceived chaos that's happening, what's what's something that you could share with our audience about current events? If you could share anything. Uh, Well, you know what? It's, you know, I understand that there are some people who are going through some hard things right now, but there also are some people who are thriving financially right now. and I had to get over feeling guilty when people said like, are you hanging in there? And I'm like, I'm having my best year ever in my business. And, um, you know, just because there is uncertainty doesn't mean, especially as entrepreneurs that we should stop giving our service right now. Have I changed some things? I mean, one of the reasons I'm having my best year was I, I created a webinar specifically to tell people, okay, what do you do if you're in financial crisis right now? And mm-hmm. how, do, how do you prevent that from happening again? And, you know, I'd been selling that like crazy. Right. Um, and so I think one of the most important things is if someone is going through a rough time financially right now, the most important thing that they can do is really get their hands around what exactly is going on in their finances. Because the problem is, if you don't know exactly where you stand, then you have this low level of anxiety or sometimes high level of anxiety that's just like following you around everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and that causes a lot of stress. And some people are like, well, I don't want to look at it because I'm afraid of how bad it's going to be. And it's right. like, well, it's never going to get any better if we you don't, don't, don't look at it. it take a look at it. Right. I mean, that's like putting a bandage over a gash and like not letting a doctor look at it. And <laughs> right. you know, they're like, we're just going to keep it covered and maybe it'll for the best. Away. Right. And it's like, <laughs> no, we actually do need to be proactive and, Absolutely. you know, maybe tear that bandage off. And that is hard, you know, taking that first look at things and saying, okay, what exactly are we dealing with? Because it's like, I can't give people any specific financial advice until we know exactly what we're dealing with. Right. Um, You know, and you and I talked about, you know, the fact that I'm a rebel when it comes to personal finance, because I I don't make people cut up their credit cards. I don't put people on super strict budgets um, because I feel like it teaches them financial binge and purge rather than how to have a healthy relationship with their finances. But it really is about saying, okay, I need to assess what's going on. And I, you know, I need to spend regular time with my finances. um, Because it's only when, when you see exactly what you're dealing with, that you can actually make forward progress. Yes, 
Absolutely. I love that so much. So we do have a listener who's asking for a link to that forgiveness letter. And I know that you had mentioned that you have a gift for our listeners. So if you'd like to share about that. Yeah. So your listeners can get the first three chapters of my book. They can go to moneyisemotional.com. Um, the forgiveness letter is not in the first three chapters. I will say that much, but, um, you know, the ebook is less than 10 bucks. Um, and there's also a workbook, uh, on that same page as well. So like, as people go through and read each of the chapters, there are exercises for them to apply those things to their particular situation. Beautiful. All right. So I will make sure that wherever this podcast is shared, I will get the link in there for you guys. So I could have this conversation with you forever because I love talking about money, 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 but we can't go on forever. I want to thank you so much for being here and I'm going to end it as always with one last question. Okay. I what do I you can answer? It. You can answer it. I, I believe in you. <laughs> what do you dream of for the world? Oh, that that's easy. Um, my my dream is to spread the financial dignity movement around the world. I want everyone to wake up every morning feeling good about their finances and for it to not be a source of stress for them. Oh, so good. This is why I always ask this question last, because it's my favorite. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here, Christine. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Rebel Radio. If you feel so inspired or you think that this can help somebody else land into a sense of self-mastery so that they can understand their own limitless power as well, please share this out, point them in the right direction, and help out another beautiful soul. I will see you next week.